0: so good to have you here today. And I just want you to know that there's not a single person that is here by accident today, not a single person. And God is the one that orchestrates our life. He's a sovereign God and yet he allows us to do certain things and in that he's going to get his will done. And so it's 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 not coincidental that there are times when I get ready to communicate a message to you that that message is more for me than it is for you. And so I'm sorry you have to sit through this, but you're going <laughs> to, no, I'm just kidding, but you're going to, because something, something happened last Sunday night, and I want to encourage you today, I'm going to encourage you today, that if you can, if you can come back and be a part of our Sunday nights, man, there's something just beautiful there. And why is it so beautiful? Simply because we don't have any agenda on Sunday nights. And the spirit just moves. People come and we pray and we read the word and we just let the spirit move. And last Sunday night, God did something to my heart and began to tell me about something in my own life that needed to change. I mean, and he touched me deeply. Uh, Because there's a lot of times where we ask for things and there's a lot of times where we petition God for things. And then God comes to you and say, be careful what you asked for because you might get it. And then the key for me was that was my heart ready to receive it? And today, as we begin to close out these the series that I very seldom teach, I don't teach series a lot. I teach books. and you have been so gracious and you have been so generous in in your giving and we've been talking about giving out of God's wallets understanding that God is the one who has the resources, that we give him his time, we give him his talent, and we give him treasures. And it's all about giving to God. And I try so hard to make it look like and think like it's money, but it's not. It has a lot to do with just giving our hearts to God. It has a lot to do with the grace that God gives us and the attitude that we take and the things that he does for us. And so as I was preparing for this message this week, I'm telling you, it was more for me than it is for you because we close out in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 11 through 15, and and the statement is thanksgiving to God, the things that we give thanks for. And I want you to know that there are some things that I had taken for granted and that God had to deal with me in my life on that one this week because there was a person, uh, I told this to the first service, who came up to me Sunday night and wrote something to me that really changed my life, and I've been dealing with it all week. And it it came out like this, and this person just came up and wrote it down, and I was sitting there uh, dealing uh, with what I had and and what I didn't have and just saying, God, I need you on this. I need you to do that. And, And the word came very, very beautifully. It was a beautiful word. It was a gentle word. It wasn't a hard word. And it basically says, yes, you have asked, and yes, you have prayed, but are you ready? To receive it, in other words, it was about being grateful. See you see because are you going to take this and you're going to say, "Look what I've done, or are you going to glorify me and I, and I'm dying over this all week because there were some things in my heart. Just like you at times where sometimes we get hit and bruised and battered and beat and going through things. And all we want to do is just survive. <laughs> and we just want to get through the, first, the next round. That's all we want to do. And God wants to do more than just getting you through the next round. See, God wants to bless you. And it's a difference, ladies and gentlemen. And you're going to see this today. There's a difference in being relieved versus being grateful. Because a lot of times the pressure comes, and you just want the pressure off. But God says, I want you to be grateful. Because there are things that I'm doing in the midst of your life that sometimes you can take for granted. And you're just trying to get from one paycheck to another one or one job to the next one or one situation to the next one. And then you get relieved. The burden is gone. Man, I'm satisfied. I can breathe for a day. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And God says, no, I want you to be grateful. So here's what I want to do before we get into this. I want to thank you for your generosity. And because of your generosity given to the building fund, we have the capabilities now to make the proposal on the land that we are looking for. And, and that's because of you. That's all because of you. Man, it's great. And uh, we're going to make that proposal in the next couple of days or so. Uh, and, 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 and it's amazing that a handful of people can do this and it's basically God doing it is what he's doing so God is saying will you be generous with your worship will you be generous with your praise would you be generous with your thanksgiving would you be generous with that so I- I'm sorry that this message may not be for you today but I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell it to you because it's ending this whole series on giving out of God's wallet I've tried to to make this about money, but God wouldn't let me. I've tried to boost you and and getting you encouraged about what's getting ready to do, but ladies and gentlemen, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with God's grace. It has everything to do with our attitude towards the things that God is doing in our life. And so we're going to be ending this today, and, and I hope it means something to you. I hope it hits you as much as it hit me. And so just, just kind of sit back, relax a little bit, and, and then see if you identify with this today. See, see if you identify with this. Look at chapter 9, 2 Corinthians, verse 11 through 15. The, 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 it should come up on the screen for you. Now, Paul is speaking to the Corinthians, okay, about the church in Jerusalem. And then he says in verse 11, you will be enriched in everything from all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. Now, that, that, that's going to happen two more times here, ladies and gentlemen. It says, because of the, uh, for, for the ministry of this service, it's not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, but it's also overflowing through many, watch this, thanksgiving to God. And because of the proof given by this ministry, they will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel of Christ and for the liberality of your contribution to them and to all. While they also by prayer on your behalf yearn for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Once again, thanks be to God for his un- or indescribable gift. There are times... When God would do things to you that is indescribable, that you, you just don't have words for it. You do something in your marriage. You do something in your relationship. You do something in your job. You do something. And all of them, boom, it's just like, I, I, I just don't have words. And a lot of times when, when you struggle and you, you have challenges, you all you want to do is just survive. You just, God, can I get through this day? And God says, I want to do more, see, because I'm going to be generous to you. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to make you generous so that you can be generous to others. So you hear me, church? And God says, I'm going to give it to you. I'm, I'm going to amen. I think your baby said amen. But but, but, huh, huh. but, but, but what, what I'm saying is is that we, we've got this God who says, I'm going to let all grace abound to you. I am able to do far above anything you can think of as oh, whatever. I can do it. I can do it. Don't sell me short. I can do it. And and, and so, what's happening here is Paul is trying to encourage the Corinthians that what they are about to do, something's going to be given to Paul. They're going to take it over to Jerusalem because this church is struggling. Now, you got to understand, this is is where the gospel comes from. This is where the love of Jesus Christ comes from. This is where God puts on flesh and comes to man and greets him personally. And all of a sudden, everybody has left Jerusalem. And she's hurting. She's out of money. She's hiding. The only people that are there are basically the apostles and a few handful of Christians because everybody else has been, 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 been chased out. And it says, but as they left, they left sharing Jesus. And then all these other churches along the Mediterranean are getting blessed. And Paul is taking this message of grace to all these other churches. And they're booming. And yet mom church is hurting. And Paul is trying to tell the Corinthians something about Thanksgiving. Paul is saying, when you do this, these people over here are going to break out with Thanksgiving. They're going to break out with worship. They're going to break out with praise because God is going to allow them to see something in you that they didn't expect that can come from you, but it didn't come from you. It came from God through them back to you to let you know something. So I'm sitting up here reading this, and so Sunday night, I got my own agenda, and all of a sudden, this person, Says, I got a word for it. I go, oh, what did I do now? And he wrote it. And it says, Johnny, I'm going to give it to you. But are you going to receive this and just be relieved? Or are you going to receive it and be grateful? Or are you going to be so grateful? Well, If you will, with me for a moment, I'm going to jump you over to Luke 17. And we're going to look at verses 11 through 19. And hopefully, as you look at this with me, you will see what I mean by being grateful, by giving thanks to God. And then we jump right back over to 2 Corinthians 9, and then we bring it home. And we are taking communion this evening, this morning. You know, it's a beautiful time for it. If there's anything that would lead us to gratefulness, it would be the communion that God is providing for us. So think about this. Look at Luke, the 17th chapter. Here's what it says. It says, and it came about when, while he was on his way to Jerusalem, that that, that he was a passing between Samaria and Jerusalem. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you understand something. There was tension between the northern Jews and the southern Jews. Why? Because the southern Jews looked at the northern Jews as being half-breeds because they were Jews who had married into a a different uh, kind of people. And and religiously, these people had somehow turned their back on God. And so the southern Jews, uh, there was racial tension. In this area and it's just like Jesus to go right to that tension and deal with it it's just like a tension between a husband and a wife or a father and a, and a son or a daughter and a mom or whatever I mean Jesus wants that tension he's the only one that says I want to buy a broken heart give me the tension because what my yoke is easy and my burden is light do you hear me at all Jesus says that to you And then in verse uh, uh, 12, it says that he uh, entered into a certain village. Now watch this. Ten leprous men stood at a distance and met him. Now, ladies and gentlemen, leprosy is a nerve disease that eventually gets infected, that eventually moves to your skin. And you become an outcast. Matter of fact, in Leviticus 13 and 14, you see that there are laws that says that you would need to go to a priest. And the priest would declare you unclean. And you then have to say unclean that if you're walking in some kind of place out there in the social life, you'd have to say unclean, unclean, unclean because I'm a leprous And let me say this to you. There are things in your life that have happened to you where you have been violated. You have been mistreated. There are things that if people got into your personal diary, you wouldn't want anybody. To know you yourself would feel like an outcast, and these men were outcasts; they were socially outcasts. And the law said that they had to what? Be in a distance because people didn't want to catch it. And all of a sudden, it says they stood at a distance. But here's the good thing, no matter what you're going through, whether it's leprosy, no matter what you're going through, where it's AIDS, no matter what you're going through, whether it's withdrawal, no matter what is happening in your life, you'll need to see that verse 12 is saying this, that Jesus Christ is approachable. And you know what else? Man, he'll come into your cul-de-sac. Man, he'll come right where you are. He's not prejudiced about that. He's not limited by time. He's not limited by space or location. And these guys knew the law. They, they, man, they, 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 they came at a distance. And so I just want you to know there's times in our life, man, where we got leprosy on us. We're embarrassed. We're shamed. And we don't want nobody to know. It says, and they raised their voice saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They were basically saying, Jesus, Yeshua, deliverer. Because that's what the word means. The word Jesus means to deliver. And master means king and Lord. He says, not only are you the deliverer, not only are you king, not only are you Lord, but will you have what? Compassion on us. I am so glad that we got a God that don't want to condemn us, but a God that wants to give us grace and give us compassion. And he's saying, please. Ladies, there's sometimes, gentlemen, sometimes we just mess it up. There's sometimes where it just gets weird, and we just take it and just get worse and worse. And every time we touch it, it look like, wait, man, I made this more bad than it is. Then sometimes Jesus will just step in and clean it up. Yes, he does. He's got to clean it up. And we need to get to the point in our life where we realize that the mess is for the messiah. You can't do it. But I want you to understand what these men were. I want you to understand what these men were. And then a beautiful thing happens. Look what it says. It says, and when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. Now you got to read Leviticus 13 and 14, and and these are long chapters, man. Some 34 and 35 verses. And when you go to the priest, the priest got to examine you. They got to look at you just like a doctor would. And if they see that those blemishes on your skin were red and red and all it had rash all over them, they would declare you unclean. But when you came back to them, you came back to them for one reason, because what you were cleansed, and they needed to proclaim that. So when Jesus told them to go to the priest, he wanted them to know that going back to the Priest meant this that they were healed. Gee, I want to tell y'all something, man. All Jesus got to do is speak the word, all he's got to do is just say it, and it happens. Now, I want you to see what's happening here as we begin to read this. And he says, This here, he says, Look, he says, and when they saw, uh, uh, when, and when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And it came about that as they were going. They were cleansed, you know. And when he said that, he was asking them just to fulfill the law. Just go tell somebody, tell the priest what was going on. That's all he was doing. And then you look here, you know, and what happens, it says, one of them. Now, here's the beauty of this so we can go back to chapter 9. He says, one of them, when he saw That he had been healed. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to ask you a question, okay? When the last time you recognized that Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit has done something great for you? And you recognize that it's different. Look what this man did. He says he turned back. Number two. And number three, he glorified God with a loud voice. Now, I want y'all to know how cool I am. I used to tell people, man, I was so cool that if I fell down, I'd slide a block before I stopped. And sometimes that coolness would get into your system, and you don't know how to worship God. You don't know how to praise God. Sometimes the coolness hits you and you don't know that sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, you need to shout for Jesus. Man, we shout for everything else. And sometimes you just have to say, thank you, Jesus. And all of a sudden, you get to shouting at y'all. Hey, what's what's going on with mom down there? Did she step on something with her with the dad? Dad was down the stairs shouting like crazy. Maybe he stepped in one of the mouse traps he put out for the mice. See, sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we got to let it go. We just got to let it go because God did something great, and we can't keep it. To ourselves. Uh, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. Now you need to understand what's going on here because I'm getting back to chapter 9 here in a minute, but I want to show you something here that is so important with these lepers. Because what he was displaying, what? The gratefulness and thanks giving to God. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him, and he was a Samaritan. Do you know why this was so important? See, the tension was so heavy between the Jews and the Samaritans. Because, see, these people's roots, the Samaritans, their roots came from a place where people are insensitive to God. And the Jews over here who are sensitive to God See, a people who was insensitive to God was basically saying that God can cross social, sexual, and racial barriers. He can cross them. And he can cross that tension. And here are what we would consider heathens, pagans, who had no sensitivity. And all of a sudden, here's a man who was insensitive to God, Became sensitive because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he was delivered from something, a burden in his life that he had no power to get rid of. Now this goes deeper. Church, are you with me so far? I just want to make sure. Because look here. This thing gets better as it goes. Now, we only got three verses left before we go back to nine. Because I want to show you what we mean here. Or at least what the scripture says. Jesus answered and said. Now you got to understand now this, I mean this they, 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 these people are going over to the priest and all of a sudden one dude stops. he goes back the nine continues and Jesus response is, what? Are you kidding me? Now he didn't really say it that way. What? <laughs> you you, you got to see that in his voice. You got to see that in his heart man. Where they're not Ten, cleansed. I mean, he's talking to the whole crowd. But the nine here, the nine, where are they? Now, here's kind of the, the hinge pin. The nine people basically was wrapped up and overwhelmed by relief. Think about that. Is all you want is relief? Isn't that it? Or do you want full deliverance? If all you want is relief, then we misunderstand what real gratitude is. And that's what was happening to me. Because I'm sitting up here hanging out, minding my own business in this time of worship and listening to the word of God and listening to prayer and people of the moving and God says this, Johnny, I heard your prayer from another person. You've asked, yeah, but when you get it, are you going to be relieved? Or are you going to be grateful? Thanksgiving to God. What? Are you going to glorify my name? Or you just want a first down, or do you want a touchdown? Do you want to play in the game, or do you want to win it? That's what he was saying to me. Now, you've gotten so cool, son. You've gotten so low-key and smooth. You don't know how to proclaim my name out loud with gratitude. Who do you think is more grateful? The one who has been forgiven little or the one who's been forgiven much. See, these leprous men is an example to the Corinthians and the Jews here when we go back to chapter 9. I just want you to see it. He's not done. He's not done. He says, was not one found who returned to give glory to God? Except this foreigner, except this heathen guy who is not even a Jew. He's a Samaritan. And he is learning how to worship me because when Jesus gets a hold of you, it has nothing to do with your social background. It has nothing to do with your racial upbringing. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with God reaching down in your soul and bringing you back to him. Only God can do that, ladies and gentlemen. You were created in the image of God. Oh, yeah, you might be influenced by your society and your culture and your race and all that, but God says, I am the ultimate influence because you were a thought in my head and my mind way before the creation of the world. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, God dealt with me on this. And then <laughs> he, he commended the guy for being grateful but he says, man, I'll cross all those barriers. Verse 19, and then we'll close going back to... Uh, chapter 9 in 2 Corinthians. And he said to them, rise and go your way because your faith has made you whole. And see, faith is substance of things hopeful, evidence of things unseen. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith is as small as a mustard seed, but it can move a mountain and all you need is a little bit of it. God ain't asking you to have a whole lot of it. He's just saying the part that you do have, I'm the author and perfecter of faith and I will make your faith genuine. And he says, because you took me at my word and demonstrated what real faith is, I imparted to you righteousness. Rise, get out of here, go your way. One grateful man. One grateful man. Now, before we go back to chapter 9 and just run right through this so I can... Lead you into communion here in just a minute. You know one of the signs of the end times that's talked about in the book of Timothy? People being selfish and ungrateful to parents. People being selfish and ungrateful about what God has done for them. People who have taken God for granted, how he protects them and how he provides for them. And as these young men last night, as I had a chance in a Logan, Utah, to pray for the football team at the end. Oh, yeah, they were hurt. Some of those men come to our church, they were here in the first service, some are here in the second. And and, and, and I had that grateful thing on me. Yeah, we lost the game and we should be 5-0, and oh, but you know what? Man, we're so grateful that we serve a God that where our identity is not based upon winning and losing. Church, do you hear me at all? You're supposed to be crushed because you work so hard. But God has not left off of the throne. <laughs> See? And before I go back to this, the question is, are you grateful for what he's done to you? Are you grateful for the things that he's protected you from that you don't even know? And when he does a little thing, are you just relieved or are you grateful? That hit me. Hit me hard. So when Paul ends this section of the letter, thanksgiving to God, thanksgiving to God, thanks be to God. He's trying to say something. I'm gonna read it to you and we're gonna close and take communion. But I want you to get set up on this thing. Paul is taking the Corinthians and saying, You gotta do this. You gotta join with Macedonia, man. You gotta join with Archaea. You are the most richest people in the Christian world. You got language, you got knowledge, you got all the gifts, and you got all this money sitting over here. That doesn't mean you're gonna have it for a long time. But I want you to realize, That when you participate in this giving, which is going to come through us to them, these people over here are going to have a gratefulness to God that they've never had before. The Jews, the Jerusalem church. They're going to see that God is not bound by race, by money, by time, by talent, by passion. They're going to see that this gospel is powerful and it's real. And it's going to have the same effect on them as it had on you. Now watch this. We're going to go through it real quickly. And that's what I had to learn, ladies and gentlemen, this week. Knock me out, man. Watch this in verse eleven, Second 2 Corinthians 9, as we get ready to close. Church, making any sense to you? Here we go. Here's what it said. You will be enriched. Now, when he says you'll be enriched, God is basically says, I'm going to give you enough to make you generous. I'm going to give you enough time. I'm going to give you enough talent. I'm going to give you enough treasure, and I'm going to make you generous. I'm going to make you rich in that. And Matter of fact, it's going to be a collective thing where you're going to be generous in speech. You're going to be generous in knowledge. You're going to be generous in giftedness, and it's going to be for what? All liberality, so that you might manifest what? Generosity to people. I want you to manifest generosity to the poor. I want you to manifest generosity to the black-haired, blonde-haired, no-haired people, whatever. Just generous. And then he says, through us, which is through us, is going to be what? Producing, bringing something about. What is it going to be bringing? Thanksgiving to God. And in just a few short weeks, we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving. Now, ladies and gentlemen, all God is saying today is I'm the God of generosity. And I'll give you the excitement you need. You know what I like about God's excitement instead of mine's? My excitement runs out as soon as my favorite team loses. My excitement runs out as soon as my wife don't satisfy my needs. I'm pretty sure y'all ain't that selfish. See, my, 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 my excitement, you know, runs out when I ain't got a whole lot of money. But God is saying his excitement remains irregardless. And then in verse 12, he says, for the ministry. What's the ministry he's talking about? Their participation in the collection for the benefit of the saints in Jerusalem because the message of the gospel was real to them and the generous, the genuine expression of worship because of what the Corinthians were doing. It's going to cause these Jews over here to worship in a very genuine way. And the service was no more than an administration to provide something. It says it's not only fully supplying the needs of the saints, and God and ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. God says I will supply all of your needs, all of them. And, 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 I'm, and I'm recognizing for the first time in 35 years of ministry, and my support is more vertical than it is horizontal. Do you hear me? I got to start with him. Okay, we're finishing this up. It's, it's, it's time to go here in a little bit. Don't watch your watch on me. Come on, let me finish this. And he says, but but it is also what? Overflowing through what? Many thanksgivings now. He says now that they, they're going to get this money, guess what they're going to do? They're going to break out in praise. They're going to break out in worship. They're going to break out in all kind of stuff. And ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to break out and quit letting life break into you. Break out. Break out. And and, and, and then he moved on here in in verse 13. We're going as quick as we can. And I love this. Because of the proof. Now, this is the biggest one of them all. Because of the proof, the evidence displayed, given by this ministry, collecting money for the others, They, the Jews, the saints in Jerusalem, will glorify, watch this, magnify and manifest praise and adore God for your, here are the three things, for your obedience, following instructions. Number two, your confession to say the same thing about something that God says of the gospel of Christ. Now, watch this. You can find in Romans 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Because with the heart, we believe giving what? Righteousness. And with the mouth, we confess bringing deliverance. Now, how astonishing is this? Because the Jews over here thought that they owned God. This gospel left from Jerusalem and hit a heathen population. I want you to listen to me now. Hit them. And guess what they were confessing? The same Jesus that they were confessing. Rick Ricker took me to Thailand years ago when I was working for him at another church. And we went to a place uh, called Chiang Mai. And Chiang Mai had a little village called Nabuk. And when we went into Nabuk, now I knew nothing about the Thai language. All I knew how to do is tell them when I was full, thank you, and then leave me alone. I knew that in Thai, okay? But let me, let me say this to you. We go into this Nabu camp. Guess what? There's a Buddhist funeral going on. Man, they got firecrackers, the Buddhists are there and all that, and they're burning up this body, and we walk in there, and I know this guy has never seen a black man in his entire life, and I ain't never seen a guy that short, that small, you know, and I'll never see him again. Never will. And I start speaking a little tie to him, you know, umlau, you know, kundang, you know, you know, all that, ka, all that stuff. I'm speaking of it, man, because they taught us how to do it for a month, you know. Now, you need to know it's limited. I don't know this guy. He doesn't know me. I mean, never see him again. But you know what he said? Yeah, man, I love Jesus too. Now, I want you to understand something. That connected us because we spoke the same. And when these Corinthians, supposed to be heathen people, had no sensitivity to God, all of a sudden gather all this money, profess Jesus Christ. And all he was saying is this, we learned here in Jerusalem that the gospel is real and that your deeds match your doctrine. Yeah. And these Jews are getting excited, Paul is saying. Now, here's how we close it, because, see, he says this, and for the liberality of your contributions to them and to all. Now, ladies and gentlemen, while they also buy prayers on your behalf, yearn for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. See, that was a deep bond that happens when Christians go through things together. And when you got a burden and somebody else shares that burden with you, when you got a need and somebody else shares that need with you and you're not alone, when you've been embarrassed and outcast, ashamed of something, and somebody else comes and embraced that, man, there's a bond that goes on. And then at the end of this message, he says once again, thanks be to God. Watch this for this undescribable gift, a gift that I don't deserve, a gift that I cannot earn, but a gift that is just given because of God's grace. So Paul ends all of this with saying, will you be thankful? Will you be thankful that you got a God that should blow you out of here, but he doesn't? You got a God of mercy, a God of grace, a God that's patient, a God that's compassionate, a God that's love, a God that's kind, and yet he's a God of justice. So then how do we close this as we get ready to take up our offering and get ready for communion? I'm amazed. That with so small handful of people that the generosity of this group has put us in a place where we can make a proposal to go get these acres. And we can't tell you until we actually get the contract, sign it, that the deal has been made. And you have been generous in this building, Father. And I've been speaking to you for the last eight weeks, and I thought I was going to be talking to you about money. (laughs) And not a single soul, not a single message was on money. It was on grace. Grace gives you the ability to do something that you cannot do on your own. Grace gives you favor. And it's also about attitude because the Macedonians were poor people that outgave the Corinthians who were rich. Paul encourages these Corinthians, hold on. Don't let these people outdo you because I just want you to be aware of the work that God did in Macedonia. And he wants to do the same work in you. So as we close this series out, time. Would you be generous with your time? Would you be generous with all the other things you do and say, God, look, I've got some time, man. Can I I give it to your work? Would you be generous with your talent? And say, God, where, where, where do I serve? How do I help? And would you continue to be generous with your treasure? So that God can show you how he wants to make you flow in abundance. So that your generosity will be harvest of righteousness. And ladies and gentlemen, we're asking you today, just like you have been generous in the building fund. Could you also be generous today in the general fund? Not just with your time. Not just with your talent, but with your treasure. Would you be willing to come back and join us tonight at 6 o'clock at 608 East Drake where we just let the spirit move and the spirit can touch you like it touched me through another person, wrote it down. God gave this person my mail and he released me from being selfish, thinking about myself. He's going to bless you, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready to praise him? Are you ready to get your heart ready to receive him? Or are you just going to faint and pass out and go, man, (laughs) that's over with. See you later, God. We'll deal with you on the next issue. Oh, we're going to say, God, thank you. We're going to worship him. Father in heaven. We ask that you will bless this offering. Just release us in joy just to give. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen.